It's Monday. It's morning. And it's macabre. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre, where two entrepreneurs fight to the death in the shark tank. (laughs) That's the alarm sound because the door just opened up and we both have to fight. (laughs) Mr. Kevin O'Leary will wear the skin of the loser. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful Skin is so smooth because it's made out of the defeated corpses. Do you have a granola bar you want to pitch him? Get that shit out of here. <laughs> Dude, I swear half of the shit on Shark Tank is either a drink or a granola bar, and it it's always I'm always like, nope, get it out of my face. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, this is vegan though, and all the sharks are like, oh Dude. shit, Kevin, where is skin? <laughs> Half of the sharks going to be supple Half of the sharks are always like, oh, I already have three of those companies. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, my daughter invented that company when she was six. <laughs> now get out of my sight. It's Monday Morning Macabre, everybody. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre, the show where we talk about spooky, scary stuff. As you can tell, we are actually going to be pitching to Shark Tank in a few weeks. Keep an eye on the tellies because your boys will be in the tank with Mr. Wonderful supplying him some brand new skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna lotion. Rob, really gotta use uh, some exfoliant before we head in there. Yeah, I'm diving in a bath of yo play an hour before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, you got techniques. it. Strawberry this is player. My, yep. <laughs> Cho, I, I'm me and me and Chobani are taking a dip at Lovers Creek later. Hopefully, something good comes out of that. Uh, hey guys, welcome to Monday Morning Macabre with Scones and Darcy. Uh, another week. Another week has gone by. Where we've all sat back and thought, man. My life's right where I want it. (laughs) I haven't made a mistake yet. (laughs) Monday morning. The way we look at life every week. (laughs) That's our platitude. Platypus with attitude. Write that down. Get the sharks on the phone. What if if someone went to Shark Tank and pitched like eight ideas? Like (laughs) as soon as someone said anything (laughs) negative, they're like, wait. We just walked in and we're like. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I understand that you don't love our Chobani bathtub idea, but have you thought of a new kind of Pop-Tart called Shark Rectangle? <laughs> and they're like, don't like it still. And you're like, okay, Shark Rectangle's out, but don't worry. We got, we got a platypus of that, dude. He's wearing sunglasses. He's, he's got a leather jacket. He rides a Harley, and boy, does he want to take your daughter. <laughs> he's Fonzie. <laughs> he's just Fonzie. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. They're like, yeah, Fonzie's been done. And you're like, okay, okay, I get what you're saying. Have you thought about a gumball machine that dispenses live diarrhea? <laughs> Dude, I just had a great... and. <laughs> You can. I'll, I'll tell you after. Anyway, <laughs> all right. We, we, we're, we'll talk shop after. We got some. We got some crazy ideas brewing in the lab. So, uh, thanks for coming back, guy. And if you're new to the show, uh, the way it works is one of us brings a spooky story, topic, historical fact, true crime case, or like cryptid, and the other one has no idea anything about it, and so they kind of spill the deets. Yeah, they spill the tea. This is all about spilling tea of criminals and murderers and things. And also, if you're new to the show, you probably haven't made it this far because you're like, they're talking about diarrhea gumballs. <laughs> I, this is not what I thought it was. That's that's idea number six. <laughs> anyway, today Scones will be providing us with a electrifying spooky ookie wookie. Yes, I am the macabarista. 
He's the macabarista. I'm just a lonely boy out down on my luck looking for some magic beans, and Scones is going to provide those beans. Sure am. I got a nitro brew coming up. This is a listener suggestion. I don't know what that... Oh, beans. Right. Coffee, <laughs> macabarista. It's all coming together. Our logo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I thought this was the view. Fuck. <laughs> I thought this Admittedly. was Bill Burr's podcast. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, Monday morning, right? This is... I didn't know he had guests. I was very confused. <laughs> we grew up one town next to him. We did. FYI, fun fact, if you find out where Bill Burr lives, I guess you know where we live now. <laughs> well, not now. Uh, well, not now, but used to. Yeah, now I live on an island, so. <laughs> yeah, now I live in a very faraway land that you could never find. Um, yeah. So this is oh, a listener suggestion from our listener on Instagram, Megan Heffernan. Hey, Meffern, Meffernones. Her, her handle, I think, is uh, dynamism underscore queen. dynamism queen yes and yes, uh, queen, as they say oh megan heffernan if you know if you're related to a ryan heffernan from massachusetts tell him i said what's up otherwise we're gonna talk hey, about if you're related <laughs> uh if you're related to uh that talking horse ed tell him i say what's up because that would be crazy too or uh heffernan which i believe was the last name of the family on king of queens yes or or the uh guy in Doug heffernan i think uh in 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 um what was it drunk lizard is that the name of the sketch group uh, I don't think sketch, it's drunk but the guys lizard. who do the guys it's not who, drunk lizard. It's the guys who do like yeah, yeah, yeah. beer fest and everything. Super troopers and all that. Something lizard. One of them's the last name I believe is Heffernan. Anyway, guys. Anyways, enough uh, about me. <laughs> so listen, you may know us from such podcasts topics as the DL Love Pass Incident. Mm. And this is like kind of the sequel, the direct to DVD sequel of the DL Love Ooh. Pass Incident trilogy. Whoa. Today we're talking I'm about intrigued. the Kamar Dobbin incident. Kamar Kamar Dobbin. <laughs> band, play Come On Eileen. Play, play, <laughs> band, Alexa, play Kamar Dobbin. <laughs> Kamar Dobbin. Also, it's a Dialapas incident. Yeah, we're gonna find out what happened in later. We're gonna kiss on the lips. <laughs> 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 Do the whole song, <laughs> Also, a lot of you guys don't know this, but I've just been scones. This is done by one person. I've just been reading my Twitter bio, and this has been the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> now we start the podcast uh, and hit record scones, and, and we've done we our warm ups. <laughs> here we are, and rectangle chart um, pop tart. <laughs> so listen here, listener. The Yellow Pass incident was not the only mysterious hiker death to grace the Soviet Union's Siberia. The Kamar Dobbin, also called Hamar Dobbin, or or Chamar Dobbin. uh, Three different pronunciations slash spellings? Yes. Although pronunciation might be the same and the spelling's different, and I'm just going phonetically, but either way. That's a lot of nuts. Sure is. The Kamar Dobbin is a mountain range in southern Siberia's Buria... Buryatia region. Sorry if I mispronounced. Perched nope. below Lake. Don't apologize. Hey, Stones, go back and go back and don't apologize. <laughs> yeah, in southern uh, Siberia's Buryatia region, and if you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Perched below like Lake. Perched below Lake. Now we can go either way if we want to be apologetic or overly confident. Mm-hmm. That's how we take every podcast. We do an entire show. <laughs> Very <laughs> yeah, we do apologetic. Yeah, we do it both ways. See how the ratings come back and yes. make future decisions based on it. Um, this is also a, an article from Medium.com by Natasha Mullins. 
Mm. Its rugged scenery has made a popular tourist hiking spot, but in 1993, six of those tourists would not make it out of the mountains alive. Because they were too busy jamming out to Smash Mouth. That's the year that brought you scones. Scones. And just scones. No, I believe Terminator 2 as well. Oh, well, 94 brought us Dars and the Matrix. Nope, that was 99. Yep. Oh, I think like, yours oh. was... Oh, no, no. 93 was like one of the dopest years ever for movies, by the way. All right. It was. Get off your high horse. Dazed you and Confused, Cody. Jurassic Park. I'm pretty sure Forrest Gump might have been 94. Forrest Gump was 1948. Tombstone, Schindler's List, The Sandlot. Tombstone was 93? Yes, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, The Fugitive. Val- We're going to just read the entire list of Hocus Pocus, Mrs. Doubtfire. Dude, this movie, this year slapped. <laughs> Halloween Town was 94. Don't at me. Oh, you got me. But Nightmare Before Christmas was 93. Doesn't matter. There's no Marnie in that shit. <laughs> also, I don't know if it was 94, Last but it sounds Groundhog right. Day, Demolition Man. Dude, 93 slapped. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the story. Six of our uh, those tourists would not make it out of the mountains alive. There are a few answers in the case, and the lone survivor has refused to talk Mark about the traumatic... Yes. Mark Wahlberg refuses <laughs> to talk. He says, I don't know what you're talking about, and the reporters are like, we know you know. <laughs> I'm a transformer. He just keeps saying that. Yeah. <laughs> he just keeps saying, this is our fucking city, or I'm a transformer. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. It's a real uh, flip of the coin. Anyways, the lone survivor refused to talk about the traumatic event since her first statement to police in 1993. There are so many pieces to the puzzle that is Barashia's Dyatlov Pass, many of which may not even be relevant or trustworthy. Mm. Now let's get down to it. Yeah, let's, let's get down, let's let's get down to what happened, all right? Start wiggling. Let's start wiggling. Listen, are you wiggling? <laughs> hey, you guys, was, I'm wiggling. My knees are going, baby. 41-year-old Lyudmila Korovina was an experienced hiking instructor in survival. Do these all sound like the same people who got lost in Seattle? Yep. I, the names Again, are, same part of the world. <laughs> that makes... I mean, I, know, I understand that. I'm just trying... I'm trying to de- differentiate in my mind, and I'm just thinking of Ludmila Dubinina right now. Yeah. Anyway. And we're also American, so we're like, how come that guy's name's not Robert Smith and the other guy's Johnny Lee? How many Yuris are involved in this one? Not enough, if you ask me. Hey, preach, sister. I said that before. So she was, uh, Lyudmila was a survivalist labeled as a master by her peers and students. She was hot shit. She was like the, cool. the Les Stroud or the, the Bear Grylls. She was known for her tough love on her students, often pushing them very hard. This tough love ultimately paid off, however, as her students described her as being a good teacher that taught them confidence and crucial hiking skills. Do you ever wonder if there were really soft teachers in Soviet Russia or if all of them were just <laughs> <They're> hard? Like- <laughs> I imagine they're all hard. Like yes, again, dumb know, American so, brain. Yeah. They're all very like mean. No, I, is it though? It's. <laughs> I mean, I watched that documentary Rocky Three, <laughs> and that guy seemed to. to he was very serious. <laughs> he was very hard. <laughs> very stone like. In the summer of 1993, Ludmila had planned a hike with six of her students to the Kamar Dabin mountain range. She was very experienced in the area, which was a popular tourist spot and considered a very safe place to hike, especially during the summer. Her students had trained with her for the trip, and she was very close to all of them. All right. The first of the six. Maybe a this little is, this too is like, close. This is where we get to the like the part like the Love Pass where I just name yeah, off everybody <laughs> involved. All right. <laughs> yeah. 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 
The closest to Lyudmila was 23-year-old Alexander, also known as Sacha, Chrysan. Oh, no. Chrysan? Chrysan? K-R-Y-S-I-N. Lyudmila had known Sacha for most of his life and considered him to be almost a son to her. The other five students were 24-year-old Tatiana Filipenko, 19-year-old Denis Shvachkin, 17-year-old mm-hmm. Valentina Urochenko, 16-year-old <clears throat> Victoria Zalasova, and we're going to bring it home with 15-year-old Timur Bapanov. 15. Dude, po- popping off and flips yeah. the panko or whatever? <laughs> I love this group. 15-year-old Timur Bapanov. <laughs> T- Timur. <laughs> Timur for debt, dude. Nothing but net. On Ooh, August 2nd. <laughs> 1993, the group of seven... Dude, this happened like 14 days before I was born or something. Nope. Uh, d- 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 we'll see how where it ends. But <laughs> it's pretty... It's August 2nd, 1993. Man, I was like... I was in the pipeline, dude. I was like close to development. They had done like... This was close to his alpha release. Yeah, they had done the the whole, you know... What's the call when you get people in a room and see if they like stuff? Focus group. The whole what? focus group was approved. <laughs> I was like, I was what coming are you out. fucking talking about? Uh, anyway, the group of seven arrived at the mountain range, and the group the of Shark Tank. Mar- <laughs> Kevin O'Leary was pissed. Now, uh, in the town of Marino, excited for their journey into the mountains, the weather forecast promised them clear, sunny skies. Leonmila and her students were one of three hiking groups in the area, one of which was being led by Leonmila's daughter Natalia. So it's a family of hiking guides and survivalists. Their two groups had plans to meet up on August fifth. Again, we're getting closer to when I was born, when their hiking oh. routes would cross paths. All of six students were ready to begin their hike, as this was their chance to prove themselves experienced hikers. So we got a lot of young people looking to show, looking to, looking to impress. Yeah, it turns out it takes six souls to create a scones. Ayo, this was a journey. <laughs> this was a journey they had been planning for and anticipating for months. And as a result, the group had become close. The first two days of the hike went better than planned. The group made extremely good time up Retrans... Oh. Yeah. Retransliator Peak, pushing themselves hard. <laughs> That's my favorite dinosaur. Yeah, the Retransliator? <laughs> yes. One of the most fiercest apex predators of the... I'll, I'll damn it to you right now, the spelling of that, and you can even <laughs> tell me what you think. Um, that says retranslator, bro. <laughs> Easy. Retransliator. Interior crocodile. <laughs> retransliator. <laughs> By August 4th, however, as they, <laughs> they were getting their descent, the weather forecast proved to be wrong, and they were hit with a rainstorm. With the hikers' supplies completely soaked, their journey was slowed down by the added weight. Since the hikers were exhausted, Lyudmila decided to camp out hastily in an exposed location, despite there being tree cover not that far away. This lady sounds dumb and bad at her job. The group was unable to build a fire that night, but they were still in good spirits. The next morning, an attempt at fire building was successful, and they ate breakfast together before heading out for the day. They planned to meet up with Natalia and expected to be able to do so given how quickly they had made their way up the mountain the previous day. Later that day, Natalia and her group made it to the meeting spot, but her mother never showed up. The group moved on. Uh-oh. 
and she was not worried about her mother, assuming that the bad weather had put her back. Unfortunately, what had set the group back was much worse than she could ever imagine. On August 10th, guys, we're getting close. Oh boy. Getting close to the, the, the drop of scones. A group of kayakers on the trail noticed something in the tree line as they were paddling down a river at the base of the Kamar Dabin Mountains. A lone girl was standing and looking at them. Ooh. The kayakers got out of their boats, and when they approached her, some sources claimed she was covered in dried blood. What the fuck? The girl became hysterical, trying to tell the kayakers her story. Eventually, telling them sick jokes. Telling them, spitting the hottest bars they had ever heard. No. <laughs> Eventually, she identified herself as Valentina Uruchenko and said that she had been hiking with six other people. Horrified, ah. the kayakers took Valia to the nearest police station where a report was filed. However, it wasn't until years later that she was slowly able to tell the story of what happened to the other six. But it was both perplexing and terrifying. According to Valia, the group set off down the mountain after eating breakfast that morning. But after only a few minutes, the first disaster struck. Sacha, so that's the guy who uh, the instructor was very close to, who was at the back of the group, began to scream. When everyone turned, they saw he was bleeding from both his eyes and his ears and frothing at the mouth. What the fuck? He fell to the ground convulsing and then went still. Ah. Ludmila. Who's the, who, who is recording these, these, these incidents? Vali is telling the story. The lone survivor. Okay. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a transformer. Yeah, right. Okay. Right, 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 right. Ludmila ran to him and ordered the rest of the group to continue on. She was extremely distraught, trying in vain to get Sacha to gain consciousness. The remaining group did not get far before they heard Ludmila cry out. As they turned and ran to her, they saw she was having the same symptoms as Sacha. Her eyes and her nose were pouring blood, and she was frothing at the mouth. She convulsed and then collapsed on top of Sacha. Tatiana, who had arrived at Lyudmila first, was the next to collapse, grabbing her throat as though she could not breathe at all. She slowly crawled over to a nearby rock and bashed her head against it until she went limp. Jesus. Victoria and Timur both ran while Dennis hid behind a rock. Valia stood unable to move, having just watched three of her closest friends seemingly die within only a few minutes. Both Victoria and Timur collapsed while running and died in a similar manner, throwing up blood and clawing at their own throats, tearing off their clothes as they convulsed. Realizing they were the only ones left, Valia and Dennis ran to each other and hurried away from the sight of their friend's death. It would not be long, however, that Dennis collapsed convulsing. Scared for her life, Valentina ran and left her friends behind. She only had a tent and the clothes on her back for supplies. Yikes. Valia ran down the mountain until she was certain she was far away from the tragedy she had just witnessed. Under adequate tree cover, she set up a tent for the night and fell asleep. When she woke up and realized she was still alive, Valia knew immediately that she would need supplies if she was going to survive alone in the wilderness. The problem was that she'd have to return to the site of her friend's deaths to retrieve them. Knowing she had no other choice, Valia made the trek back up the mountain, retracing her steps. 
When she reached the site, she saw that none of them had moved from the spots where they'd fallen. Knowing they were all dead, Valia quickly took the supplies she needed from their bodies and left, following power lines down the mountain. For four days, she followed the power lines down the mountain, hoping someone would find her, until she found a river and began to follow it. By the end of her fourth day, she was found by the kayakers and brought to safety. Despite the report to police, no official search was conducted until the 24th of August. Ooh, I was, I was born. I was out. Oh, baby. Big day. S- since Valentina had not been able to recount her version of events yet, it took two days to find the bodies using helicopters. An autopsy report concluded that they had all died of hypothermia except for Lyudmila, who had suffered a heart attack. They all had signs of bruised lungs and protein deficiency due to malnutrition. It was listed as... uh, Oh, nope, let me read that again. They had all signs of bruised lungs and protein deficiency due to malnutrition and was listed as a contributing factor to their deaths. The deaths were ultimately ruled to be accidental. Compared to the testimony of Valia, this ruling is strange and essential to many of the theories of what actually happened. So, Darce, I'm going to get into the theories, but first, I want to hear what you think happened. Uh, I mean, thinking back to the Dyatlov stuff, it makes me go, like, was there a chemical weapon attack? But then that doesn't explain how she was, like, totally fine. Uh, I have... I mean, if our, I guess we have to decide if we believe the story being told, which is a pretty hard-to-believe story, I would say. Um... I have to imagine that something more than just everyone started bleeding out of their eyes and bashing their heads in and stuff. That seems like uh, kind of hard to believe. Super scary. <laughs> yes. But like, how do we know this lady just didn't kill s- s- five other people and then just like. could have. Uh, I don't know, man. That's I'm I'm skeptical of her story. Also, the other the facts you do know are from the Soviet government. So, yeah, that's an, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> so, tr- super trustworthy people over there love those guys. <laughs> Honest Abe's, those guys. <laughs> Honest Abe's, they love it. They love being called that. Yeah, they do. All right, let's get into the theories. Uh, okay, so the mysterious nature of this incident has rightfully caused many theories to be put forward, as with any strange event. Theories range from aliens and supernatural to actual scientifically valid explanations. The article I'm reading from, everybody, has decided to feature five theories that seem to make the most sense scientifically and circumstantially. Theories all have strengths and weaknesses, and no one in particular fully explains the incident. Mm. Theory number one. Number one. The hikers saw something they shouldn't have. So this is what mm-hmm. you were this is what you were Classic. alluding to, Darsh. Yeah. This theory proposes that perhaps the hikers walked in on some sort of Russian military experiment in the mountains and were killed for what they saw. The deaths were subsequently covered up by the police and medical examiner. It's true that the group had deviated from the usual route through the region, so it's possible that this change of plans led them to a group of experimenters that weren't prepared for visitors. Despite this, there are two main problems with this theory the locations the hikers died in, and Valentina's survival. Kamar Dabin Mountains are a very public area with multiple groups of tourists traveling through it at any given time. Siberia has many opportunities for secrecy, so it would be strange for a top-secret experiment to be taking place in a public location during tourist season. 
In addition to this, the particular part of the mountain that the hikers died on was an open area visible from the air and from higher ground. It would not make sense for a top-secret mission worth killing people over to be located here. Then there's also Valio. Why did she survive? It doesn't seem possible for her to have escaped. Take a look again at the geography of the location. There's nowhere to hide or run to. If we were to put this aside and assume that somehow she did survive, then why wasn't she silenced or killed? If she was forced to lie about what happened, she definitely didn't help calm suspicions about the incident. And if she hadn't been forced to keep the secret, then why was her story so fucking wild? All right, are you ready for theory number two? Yeah, that's uh, yep. I'm, I'm. I agree with like the why would you put the top secret place like, right? Not secret. Like, why would you put a top secret? Like, why would America put a top secret place like in Yosemite? Like, it doesn't. Right, right. That doesn't make sense. Number two is a nerve agent killed the hikers. Mm. But that still doesn't explain why she didn't die, though. Right. Let's get into it. Many people have pointed out that the symptoms described at Valia are consistent with deaths by chemical weapons. Ooh, Dars, that's what you said. Chemies. The frothing at the mouth. <laughs> Chemi weppies. That's what we call them in the industry. Chemi weppies. The frothing at the mouth and convulsing in particular match death by a strong nerve agent. This death also matches with the autopsy results. Since contact with nerve agents can cause respiratory distress, the bruising of the lungs can be a sign of death by nerve gas. Cardiac arrest is also caused by nerve agents, which match Leonila's death. The cause of death of the other hikers could very well be hypothermia, even if they were exposed to a nerve toxin since they could have been knocked unconscious or fallen into a coma, and then ultimately succumbed to exposure. Another thread of this theory was put forward by YouTuber Kadaber. Shout out to YouTuber Kadaber. <laughs> All right, we got some strong primary sources here. He proposed that the specific nerve agent that killed the hikers may have been a Novichok gas. Novichok gases are a class of nerve agents created by Soviet Russia up until 1993, the year this incident occurred. They are thought to be the deadliest nerve agents ever to exist being 10 times more deadly than VX and 20 times more deadly than Sarin. Sarin? Sarin D- gas, yeah. Okay. Not up to date on my uh, nerve agents. Yeah, you should really you should really watch 24, dude. Novichok agents were reportedly tested in areas near the Kamar Dabin region. Exposure to this gas causes rapid death similar to what the hikers reportedly experienced. So this theory is sounding kind of strong after uh, YouTuber Kadaber came in. Thanks, Kadaber. I would have to watch the whole video to know if his sources are legit. But either way, both the above theories have issues. Oop, let's poke holes. The first and very common one with all these is that Valentina survived. She was near most of her friends when they died and even went back to the location without suffering a similar fate. The second is that if no one was there to release the gas, where would it even come from? So the writer of this article did Mm. a lot of research on nerve agents. Yeah. Nerve agents are soluble in water. They can take four months to evaporate. They are made of heavy particles that often float close to the ground. And the stronger ones can be hazardous in a location where they were used long after they were first released. The rainstorm plays a very key part in this theory. The rain would most likely have washed away a strong nerve agent like Novichok. Uh which would most likely have been tested four or five months prior in a more discreet site higher up on the mountains. 
As the morning sun evaporated water from the rain stores, some of the still hazardous agent went with it, but did not travel far, staying in sort of epicenters close to the ground. Sacha would get unlucky and walk over a highly contaminated spot, causing almost instant symptoms. He may have absorbed the toxin through either his skin or by breathing it in. When Ludmila ran to get him, she was exposed to the same toxic location. Tatiana, Victoria, and Timur were the first to reach Ludmila, but quickly ran away. This delayed their death slightly. Since Valia did not get close, only Victoria, who had removed herself from the epicenter of contamination, uh, Valia was not exposed to high levels of the toxin. However, if Victoria had not bit her and Valia had bent down to the ground, she may have. Dennis was also not impacted by high levels initially, but his decision to hide and crouch down was his downfall. Small levels of toxin were floating close to the ground and he breathed them in. He was exposed to less than the other five, which is why his death was more delayed, but it ultimately caught up to him. Russian police, suspecting the runoff from the test could be the cause of the deaths, waited to start their search in order to ensure that the agent had most likely evaporated before sending a recovery team. So that's what the author's theory of how the nerve agent would affect everyone and explain her story. Yeah. I just find it hard to believe that, like, everyone dies by a nerve agent and then this one person's fine. It seems so weird. Maybe she's resistant to nerve agents. Yeah, maybe she's a superhero. Maybe she's from Krypton. Well, next we talk about how her story was inaccurate. Oh, okay. When someone undergoes a traumatic experience, they often misremember. Certain parts of the story could have been exaggerated by Valia, by no fault of her own. The research surrounding the inaccurate nature of eyewitness statements is extensive. It's possible that the hikers died exactly how the autopsy reported. The group succumbed to hypothermia after not being properly sheltered that night and died together on that mountain. Valia could have survived by her decision to go to the forest, a difference in clothing, or as Valia reported, says herself, reportedly says, herself in regards to her survival her own physical fitness she was like i'm just built different <laughs> it should also be added that people who die from hypothermia often experience paradoxical undressing where they strip off their clothes shortly before death this would be a valid explanation for the hikers being found partially undressed that's not unlike the dl pass incident mm -hmm. this theory cannot stand on its own but it can be applied to other theories there seems to be a missing piece in her testimony that doesn't match and could have been exaggerated, but it's impossible to tell how credible it is. Okay, on to number four. Number four. Contaminated water. Mm. This one sounds boring. This theory also relies on the rainstorm bringing toxins down the mountain, but instead it proposes that the hikers drank the toxins in their water. Lake Baikal, which sits above the mountains, is a well-known toxic waste dumping ground. Beautiful. If the waste was washed downstream into the water, the hikers could have accidentally drank toxins with their breakfast. The contaminant would have even been one of those water-soluble nerve agents mentioned earlier. Valentina may have survived by drinking less or getting her water from a different location. That Most highly toxic sense. Yes. Most highly toxic substances take a few minutes to take effect, hence the hikers all dying later on in the day. Similar to the nerve agent theory, this toxin could have incapacitated the hikers, causing them to die from hypothermia. The problem with this theory is that the deaths were isolated occurrences. If the water source used by many tourists was so badly contaminated, why would it make sense that only one group would be affected by it? That's true, though. 
That's that's true though. Okay, the last theory. Number five. Five. Oh, six? Six. I don't know what the fuck we're on. Either way. Six. Um, six sounds good. Sure. We're on to mushrooms. Basically, a YouTube comment brought up this one. And then uh, the the author was like, oh, no way. And did more research. Mm-hmm. This is the only theory where Valia is actually affected by what killed the hikers. Eliminating some of the questions around her seemingly being a total outlier compared to the other six. Leudmila was a known forager who taught the art to her students. It's possible that one of the hikers found some mushrooms to add to their breakfast, which wasn't the correct variety. After eating their breakfast, the effects of the mushroom poisoning began to take hold as they were walking, causing them to hallucinate and be sick. Interestingly, a common hallucination caused by psilocybin is to see other people cry blood. Mm. Yikes. Overdoses of psilocybin can cause psychosis, convulsions, cardiac arrest, and even send someone into a coma. Oh. Once again, it's likely that the hikers died a result of hypothermia due to being in an altered state, whether that was just tripping out or being in a full-blown coma. That's pretty... I mean, that's interesting. I didn't know you can over, like overdose uh, yeah, on that's magic mushrooms can, like, Give you psychosis. That's horrifying. When you bash your head until you die. <laughs> like, yeah. Thought I was supposed to like squeegee my third eye, not fucking squeegee your third eye. Not send my dome ski into a rock ski. Dome ski to rock ski, baby. Yeah, data R's, bro. Doctors. Yeah, did you hear dome ski got a full ride to rock ski, bro? Oh, uh, rock ski, yeah. Oh, go sandpipers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to go to Roxy U and root <laughs> for the Sandpipers. Dude, the Roxy U Sandpipers have been killing it this year in dodgeballs, cheerleading, sports, and sports. Either way, Valentina, as you, as I'm sure you listeners can guess by now, would have eaten less of the mushrooms and uh, been less affected. The incident adds, adds up. The incident was sick. Was the coolest. The incident of Kamar Dobbin may forever remain a mystery, but there are many interesting theories to consider that surround it. Tragically, it's likely that many of the families of the hikers will never receive closure in this case. Mm-hmm. We can only hope mm-hmm. that one day, with better technology, answers can be recovered. Until then, we only have questions. Well, I mean, Dialov Pass has, in, at least in my mind, has been resolved, so hopefully that. Hopefully. Yeah, murder wind. Yeah, maybe so murder wind hit them. Oh, oh, summertime murder wind. I mean, I have high hopes for uh, for the Kamar Dobbin mystery. I think that with the like, well, it's hard because it's a different circumstance, right? Like where it's this is like a biological thing, as opposed well, to. Oh yeah, like uh, just strictly weather based or something like right. that. Right. So it's like you can't like recreate the. You know what I mean? Like, it's especially it's if like, it's some like hyper classified nerve toxin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, it's super scary. The story is horrifying. So scary. Don't go hiking, folks. Just don't go hiking. Hiking is for bums. You can get views on Google. Um. 
But another interesting thing is that it, it sounds like it, it never confirmed nor denied, but from the language, it sounds like she's still alive, the survivor. True. She won't talk yeah, about it, it, but she's still like I would kicking. fucking be like, stop asking me if I saw like all of my friends bleed out of their eyes till they died. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Or or she gets old enough that she's on her deathbed and she like gives us the deets. Oh, that would be good. If she spilt the tea. Hello, yeah. girlfriend. That we've already talked about. That's that's this is the platform for that. This come on. is the platform. Actually, don't come on. I don't yeah, want. I don't want to. Oh god, we're not so the right dark. place for that. No, we are not. Oh, I regret like, it. So as soon go as I sandpipers. Say it. Yeah, she'd be like, good. Every, I watched everyone die, and we'd be like, Rockski to Domsky, <laughs> and it would not go well. Be like, you ever made Kevin O'Leary? What's he like? <laughs> you trying to get your skin? <laughs> you look like you have tough. Got tough skin. Uh, yeah, I wonder if there's so, anything you can like donate to her. If anyone has, I don't know if Russia has like private eyes that try to look into the stuff, like other stories we've talked about. I would. I mean, that sounds like Russia to me. But for their family, dude, can you imagine what kind of grisly, like, just incredible dude is a private eye in Soviet yeah. Russia? <laughs> <laughs> fucking coolguy.com backslash Russia, please. He just polishes a handle of like vodka and solves crazy cases. Crazy cases. Yeah, imagine the Russian like Scooby Doo world. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It'd be like, whoa, you solved the case. And they'd be like, no, we solved the yeah, case. Yeah, we have all solved the case. <laughs> and then the, 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 yeah, the theme starts playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As they all just like. The Soviet theme. Little- yeah. They all start marching. Oh, and they all start marching on. I have most of my views about Soviet Russia from cartoons. <laughs> Thanks, Soviet Russia. We you're love the you. the coolest. Uh, hey, if you're listening to this program and you want to support Soviet Russia, go to sovietrussia.ru <laughs> backslash donate. Otherwise, uh, we, if you want to support the pod... <laughs> you want to support these two dumb ding dong dum dum dummers uh go to www.dumdumdingdongs.com backslash rocksky you forward slash sandpipers.org and uh, uh we should up. make a t-shirt that's like uh sandpipers like super Ooh, fan yeah. like <laughs> yeah like a sport yes a rocksky university sandpiper shirt. rocksky university alumni weekend go sandpipers <laughs> That's a good like little idea. letters on the bottom. It says yeah. straight to the dome ski. <laughs> uh, so peep, check out our Twitter, MM Macabre Pod. Check out our Instagram, Monday Morning Macabre. Go to mondaymorningmacabre.com for merch and um, the Patreon where we talk about Hell extra yeah. bonus dumb stuff. Uh, we're coming. We're on you a global official, tour. <laughs> you can be an official Julie Patreoni. Yeah, you can be a Julie Patreoni. You can find out if we're going to make that Sandpiper University shirt. Let us know in the comments. Uh, Our DM UK us if you fans like will be we're performing live at Wembley Stadium Labor yeah. Day weekend. Yes, if you are K-pop fans, we are performing with BTS <laughs> on the Ed Sullivan Show this weekend. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show. We got I a great show Jimmy for Stewart's you tonight. The guest, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Stewart, his uh, Mary will be there. Yeah, it's gonna be a wild, raucous show. <laughs> and I really think it's going to be the cat's pajamas. So check that out. We'll have uh, Count Basie will be there as the musical guest. <laughs> yep. And, and, BT- uh, BTS is not the musical <laughs> guest. No, no, no. 
No, BTS is actually just the audience. They are just going to laugh and clap. BTS is actually doing a stand-up set. Seven minutes. Yeah, they're doing the monologue. They're like, what's up with America? (laughs) Um, And so check those out. Uh, And, you know, leave... Leave a little message or two. We'll we'll take your requests, your, your suggestions. Shout yeah, out to dynamism. Dynamiz- oh, it's hard to say. Dynamiz- dynamism? Dynani- yes, dynamism. Dynamism queen for the suggestion. Megan Heffernan. Thank you. Thank you. Me- Mego hop 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 co. Thanks for the thanks for the suggestion and you know guys, another week, another dollar. That's what my my tax lawyer says so yep, that's what my account is always saying he's, he's stacking <laughs> gold coins like scrooge scrooge mcduge go sandpipers have a good monday go sandpipers Goodbye. bye